0: We're in Luke eight, and a little introduction, and then we'll we'll talk about our material. If you would like to grab a snack in the back, we have um, some excellent uh, rice krispie treats and popcorn, coffee, and some water. So help yourself. Um, today we're going to talk about listen up is what I call this. The disciples' most important skill. Um, just as by way of introduction, I say, look around you, you know, especially with the explosion of social media and the internet, it has become uh, so easy for someone to have a voice and people love to talk but don't like to listen. Have you noticed this? Have you ever talked to somebody before and you're talking to them and you're telling them a story? or you're giving this information, or you're just having a conversation. And while you're talking to them, you can see it in their eyes. They're not listening to you. What they're doing is they're thinking about how they're going to respond to what you're saying. And you know that's what happened, because as soon as you finish talking, they immediately jump in with what they were going to say, and it has nothing to do with what you were saying. You ever done that before? Have you ever, have you ever done have you ever? I know I have. And it, it's kind of embarrassing when you realize you've done it. Um, but we live in a world where people love to talk. Um, Twitter and YouTube... People love to have YouTube channels where they stare at the computer and they tell the world their opinions. Um, that's kind of what happens, right? It's just interesting to me. I don't know. Um, I say, uh, let's see here. Um, we have YouTube, blogging, Facebook, podcast, Twitter, Instagram. Everyone is interested in talking, but few are actually listening. A big part of being a Christian, though, is the willingness to listen to God's truth as it is spoken and respond to it. Okay, so this is key. As a Christian walking with God, a big part of that step-by-step living is this. Are you listening to God? Are you obeying God? Are you listening? Are you obeying? Um, in fact, the Bible is full of some commands uh, that have to do with this. Even back in the Old Testament, we have in Deuteronomy, very the uh, you know, uh, fifth book of the Bible, Moses is speaking here, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I am teaching you to perform so you may live and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. What does he command the people to do? Listen. Listen. Right? Actively hear. Listen and uh, so you may live. There's a a benefit. Here's another one. Moses, summoning all of Israel, said to them, Hear. And that's the same word. It just means listen. Hear, O Israel, the statutes... (laughs) And the ordinances, excuse me, ordinances which I'm speaking today and you're hearing, you may learn them and observe them carefully. I don't think I have any more. No, I don't. So much of the Old Testament prophets even talk about, hey, you need to listen to God's word. So I have a question for you. If this is true, if this is true, how willing are you to listen to the rebuke of truth from God's word? If it's true that a big part of being a Christian is the willingness to listen, uh, how willing are you to listen to God's rebukes and his instruction um how do you respond when you hear the truth of god uh when someone who loves you shares truth with you so you're sitting there minding your own business walking through life and somebody comes up beside you puts their arm around you and says you're making a foolish decision your choice to do this is against god's word you really need to reconsider how do you respond to that? What's a, let me ask you this. What's a typical college student's response when someone tells them what they're doing is probably not wise? Complacency. Okay, obstinance, what would you say? Who cares? Who care? Yeah. So? Who's, like, is this your business or my business? Like, why are you sticking your nose where it doesn't belong? Um, there's all kinds of responses. A lot of them are like that. It's like, I don't care what you say. But you have to remember... God's word, whether it comes from someone else, whether someone's showing you something, whether you read it yourself, you've got to be ready to listen. Um, just because it's not, you know, God talking to you out of a cloud does not mean that it's less authoritative. Let's talk about these two parables. <clears throat> we've got, <clears throat> sorry, if you open your Bible to Luke 8, if you're not already there, uh, we've got two parables, and I think they're connected. And this is what I was talking with Jermel about just a minute ago uh, before we started. Uh, and that's neat about the Gospel of Luke is that he places these two parables of Jesus right next to each other, and there's a reason they're placed together. So we're going to do a regular thing today where we're going to uh, split up into groups and talk about these. What we have is, the way these are divided, by the way, you'll notice, we have the parable, and then you have the meaning of the parable. And a lot of times in the parable section, you're going to read through that that passage of Scripture. The second, by the way, the second parable is very short, so it shouldn't take you long. Um, and then, so actually what we're going to do is we're going to have one group talk about, and then the application is the last, the last part. We're going to have one group over here talk about the parable itself. So you guys are going to work through the parable, the details of the parable. Try to be as observant as you can. Okay? It's right there in the thing. There's a box you to fill out, like, what are the soils? What do they represent? And what, you know, or what, what are the soil, soils and what do they do in, in the this, in this story that Jesus is giving? You guys over here, what you're going to do is you're going to go through the meaning of this. So there are questions here. Such as, um, uh, let's see here. Actually, I think the good questions are for later, aren't they? I'm changing my mind. Can you all be flexible with me for a minute? Let's see here. Yeah. So you guys do the application part. You do the, uh, the meaning and the application part. There's some questions under there. What do you think? Is it possible these soils might be any person's heart? or That kind of stuff. Does that make sense? So you guys do the application and the meaning. You guys do the parable, the observation part, with the box and the thoughts and questions. You see that? Okay? Does that make sense? Sorry, I, I lost my place for a minute. Are we good? Let's do it. Okay, let's break up into groups. It shouldn't take too long. Come back and we'll discuss what you find. So, I think I hear some good discussion, and we're gonna keep, we're gonna get into this, and hopefully continue your discussion. Do that when we're good. All right when it's getting good, when you start getting good earlier, right? <laughs> so, the, the the passage is uh, we already read this. You have the sower going out to sow seed. What do you all have for your observation? What what is the um, what what are the different soils we have? Talk me through it. Okay, so. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some, we have the first group here, some fell beside the road. Okay, that's number one. Okay, what's number two? Okay, some fell on rocky soil, right? And what's the third? Among the thorns. And lastly? Yeah, into the good soil. What's the result of all of these four four, um, uh, soils? What's the result of the seed being sown there, for the first one. Yeah, it's trampled underfoot. It's, it's People step on it. It's not going to get anywhere. It gets crushed, and the birds of the air eat it up. Right? What's that? Okay, number two. What about the one not on rocky soil? So the road, they're absolutely, you know, the path or road, there's no way the seed is going to grow at all. Nothing. But with, the, with this one, it starts to germinate a little bit. But what happens as soon as it falls in this rocky soil? It withers away. Good job. Uh, because why? I have the third block there. Why did the result? Because of no moisture, right? It has no, nothing nourishing it, nothing keeping it going. Right? Okay, what's, what about number three? The thorns, what happened here? It's growing, but then it gets choked out by thorns or weeds, right? Lastly, we have other seed fell into the good soil, and what happens to this? <clears throat> Grow up and produce the crop a hundred times as great. Um, very good. Okay, so what elements to the parable Parable are what I call variables? What changes from scenario to scenario? Where the seed's actually falling. Yeah, so where the seed goes, the location it falls changes. What doesn't change? The seed, the seed never changes. The act, the, seed the act of sowing the seed. In fact, it seems like also our sower, right? Our sower doesn't change. And it's like he's just going around. It's like everywhere. <laughs> you get seeded. You get seeded. Everyone gets, gets seeded like Oprah, right? Just throwing it all out there. Every, every, everywhere you, he's going, he or she is going, the sowing is happening. And some of it catches and some of it doesn't. But the variable is not the seed. The seed does not change. The sower doesn't change. The weather doesn't change. Okay? None of that is said to change. It's the, what's the only thing that changes? And that's the location. That's the that kind of soil it is. So any details, any other details stand out to you? Any other particulars about this uh, from you guys when you talked about this parable? It's one of Jesus' most famous parables. Any correlations with how planting the seed? Okay, so with parables, what you have to remember, there are a couple things. One is that normally there's one main point trying to get across. Okay, so when Jesus is telling a parable, he's not trying to communicate every little detail necessarily. But this is definitely an encouragement to us who, who share the seed. Okay, just because, let me ask you this. If you share the seed, if you share, well, let's talk about what the seed is before we go that far. Um, here's what I had. Some fell beside the road. Trampled underfoot, the birds there ate it. It couldn't find it. Could, uh, why the result? Because it couldn't find it. should be growth. Sorry, I don't know why I put seed there. It fell on rocky soil because of no moisture. It fell among the thorns. Okay, you got that. Um, so then we have this. His disciples began questioning him. This is an interesting statement. I want you, all of you to engage on this because I think you'll find this interesting. As to what the parable meant. And he said, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but the rest it is a parable, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. What is he saying there? The question I have is, when Jesus', when Jesus disciples asked what the parable meant, and essentially why Jesus chose to speak in parables, Jesus tells them what? By speaking in parables, what is he doing? I think, do I have it? Um, what did he tell them? What's the point? What is Jesus saying? It's it easier for them to understand. Right, the others. Seeing that they may not see but, or hearing that they may not But it's even it's even more than that. It's not just so why didn't Jesus just come out and speak truth like speak truth in very clear language? He actually spoke in a parable in a story. Okay, it makes you think about it, it makes you remember it. It brings it alive, but he actually says that it's, it's got two purposes. One is to reveal the truth, but also, so I say it discloses truth, but also obscures it from those who are cynical. Because remember who's following Jesus around. You not only have believers, you have unbelievers, people who are trying to get him in trouble. And everything they do, they listen to what he says, and they're trying to get him in trouble with the authorities. And Jesus says that he actually, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to some, the rest... It is in parables. It is, a, it is a story so that while they are seeing, they can't see. And while they're hearing, they don't understand. Jesus actually, by telling in stories, is is in some ways obscuring the truth from people who are cynical about him and who aren't trusting him. There's This is actually referencing Isaiah. Uh, if you have a study Bible, I'm sure it'll point out uh, that there's references. He's just quoting the Old Testament here. So, that's why he's speaking in parables. So then we go to this uh, discussion. Are there any questions on that? Does that make sense? That's what he's saying. It's a little bit, it's not necessarily what you'd expect Jesus to say, but it's exactly what he's pointing out. It's exactly what he's saying. Yeah. I have one of the application boxes. Yeah. It says, um, it says it also kind of conceals the truth a little bit more so that those who are too lazy and don't really care enough won't be able to figure out what he's trying to say or won't have the desire to figure out what he's trying to right. say. especially in this context, especially in this context with what we say is the difference between the seeds. Some, some, and they're like, in other words, the people who are cynical of Jesus or who are lazy and they're listening to Jesus talk, he's telling them about, a sower went out to sow and he threw some seed here and there and all they're hearing is a story about a farmer. But the people who are paying attention, they see more than that. They see he's actually telling them about the word of God. You see we were talking earlier about Mary Poppins, and it's, it's, it's funny. We were watching Mary Poppins. My family and I were, and I have not seen that movie in huh, 20 years, probably, and um, when you see a movie like that that you haven't seen in a long time, and it's a really good film, things all of a sudden, like, stand out to you, and all of a sudden, I've seen this movie before. But things started, like, clicking. I was like, wow, this is really good. Like, there's a lot going on here that doesn't necessarily, unless you're engaged, unless you're thinking, you totally miss it. You totally miss it unless you're engaged in what the movie is, is doing. And uh, there's a subtlety there, and that's what Jesus is doing. Of course, Jesus is doing a whole lot better than Mary Poppins and Walt Disney did. Um, so what do we have here uh, from you guys as you talk about the application? Is it possible, what the, or what do these soils represent? Is it possible that, that, well, let me just ask you that, who, who's what? Soils. What did you guys decide as you got into your discussion and I cut you off too early? Albert, you have something to say? I don't, I don't think we answered the question or what to answer. Okay, so the question is, what do you, is it possible that these soils might be any person's heart and the soil might be any truth from God or is this like directly related to the truth of salvation? Or is it anything? It's anything. Okay. I think it could be of salvation and also like where we are, and how we think salvation comes from, whether good works or Christ or whatever. And also the world. You get changed yeah. up by the things that So have you ever seen yourself as the rocky soil? Yeah. Have you ever seen yourself as the road? Like There are times in our lives where we go through things where we'll hear the truth of God and it just bounces right off. It doesn't make any impact. That's kind of scary. But, so I I believe, what I'm I'm getting to with this question, I'm sorry if the question is a little bit obscure. I was trying not to give away my, my thoughts or my answer to the idea, is that this does not just refer to the message of salvation. This refers to any truth of God. And when you are listening to God's truth, unless your heart is sensitive and ready to hear God's truth, if you're cynical or if you have a bad heart attitude, or if you have sin in your life that's preventing you from hearing God, you can go into a church service, hear God's word preached mighty, powerfully, walk out, and nothing happens. Or, you can go out with joy. It says here, those who are rocky soil like those who when they hear receive the word with joy, but they have no firm root. They believe for a while, and in a time of temptation, they fall away. This is like what you were talking about, Hannah, with your, with your summer camp thing. Have you guys ever gone to summer camp before and been so excited coming home, you just made something right with God? Or maybe you heard a message preached, and you're like, this is, I am, I'm going to live for God the rest of my life. I'm never going to sin again. And you get all excited about it, and you do well for a little while, but then all of a sudden you crash and burn. Because what were you putting your trust in? I made a decision. I am great. I can handle anything, or whatever you say. That's how I did it. You believe for a while, but you fall away. The seed which fell among the thorns, this is what Christine was saying, those are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they what happens? Uh, they're choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to maturity. But if you allow God's word to speak to you and your heart is prepared, what's the benefit? What's the benefit? You produce a 100 times greater than what you had before. Yeah, you produce, um, you produce good works. We have the fruit of the Spirit, right? Anybody off the top of the head know where that is in the Bible? Yeah, Galatians 5, right? If you want to turn there, you can. But um, Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse, um, let's see here. 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit, of course, contrasted with the fruit of the flesh, which is all kinds of sin. So the point I'm making is that God's truth, you can can go to church all you want, but unless you're ready to hear God's Word, it's not going to benefit you. Unless your heart is sensitive in that prepared place. So, uh, why do you think, or what do you think is the point of Jesus' parable to his disciples? What can you do to make sure your soil is ready for the word of God? Let's hear some practical thoughts. What, do you guys, what have you guys done in the past to make sure that you are ready to hear God's word when it is taught? Yes, Tyler? Yeah. Read this. Okay, read it. Pray. Have an, have an open mind. Don't be stubborn, right? Don't come to something. Have you ever heard a message before? And as soon as the guy reads the passage, you're like, Oh, I know where this is going. Some of you are like, nope, you're better than I am. (laughs) I've done that before. I'm like, ah. Or you're like, I don't want to let go of that. Yeah. This is my Mm -hmm. spot, and God, you're not allowed here. Yeah. Uh, Critically engaging with, like, Let's say there's someone speaking critically engaging with what they're saying. And actually think about it. Mm-hmm. it can take a moment to actually uh, look at it and um, try to understand it, other than just sitting there. So you say critically engaging. So like actually thinking about what someone is saying and work like thinking about how it applies to your life. Whether or not they do a good job of it. Here's the other part of critical. Is that sometimes we hear a preacher preach, we get picky about. You know we start noticing things. Maybe they have a certain speech pattern or they have a lisp, or they have like a way they talk that's like, once you notice it, it's hard not to notice. Have you ever ta- heard somebody talk and, and, and it gets really distracting? What are you allowing to happen? You're allowing the distractions of the world to steal the seed away from God that God is trying to plant in your heart. And you're allowing that to just get ripped out because you are, you are distracted by what, from what is happening. Uh, if you're going to grow as a Christian, this is key. You've got to allow God's word to speak to you on these matters. Yeah? Builds up and then before they thinking, how did I just get away from the Lord? Oh, they allow things to pile up yeah. and build up in their life rather than dealing with it as they come up. Well, not even dealing with it, just being sensitive that to the Spirit sense. throughout the day. Fellowship. Stop for 30 right. seconds and say, It's been a busy day, Lord, but I am going to stop and thank you. Slow down a little bit. Yeah, any other comments on this? I'd like to, uh, I don't want to stop you, but I think there's one more key point here that I'd like to, to address. Did you have something? Meet with other people. Yeah. Good. Like, talk about, like, like, if you go to church with someone and you might didn't, or maybe you didn't understand, like, what someone was, what the uh, preacher was talking about, you could talk with someone. You could ask. You or, yeah. and, and discuss. Yeah. Albert? I was going to say this being willing to open yourself out of scripture to do what you can a lot of times you hear good message like, I know exactly what you mean. This oh yeah, that's this is good. See, I, 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 my, my brother put this message on, on Grace. He really needs to hear this. But the whole uh-huh. time, the really you should, to be open up. And I find myself sometimes with with pastors who make a sense like, okay, wait a minute, I'm hearing this. Yeah, I don't need to worry about in, a, in in certain terms. No, I don't even worry you're, about it. it's, you're exactly right. Is being, being able to say, all right, I want the scripture to talk to me. And then I'll deal with we get the beam out of my eye. And then if I have to go get a, a speck of dirt out of somebody else so we can but look at the individuality of the scripture. Oh yeah. We hear we hear somebody preach or we read God's word and we're like, oh, this is for so-and-so. And we don't realize, hey, it's for me too. Um one more, if you keep open your or keep reading, we're gonna look at verse 16 here. Um let's see if I There's a second parable here, right after this one, and I think this is key. Look at uh, Luke chapter 8, and look at verse uh, 16, and we're going to do this one together. Jesus then says to, right after he says this, um, he says, no one, he makes makes a comment, another parable, and this parable has to do with a really kind of an interesting picture. He says, no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a container, or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see the light. Now, remember in Bible times, how, was, how important was a lamp, an oil lamp? Yeah. yeah. Could you just walk in your room and flip on the lights? No. If it was dark outside and you wanted to see, you had to light a lamp. And so what... Everyone was at the mercy of these oil lamps. You had to have uh, this. So what would happen if someone put an oil lamp under a bed? <laughs> I mean the first one put it in a container you would think well it hides it but can you imagine putting it under your bed that's just ridiculous it it'd well, burn you up what their beds were then. yeah you're talking mm-hmm. like straw and wood maybe definitely not like a tempur memory foam mattress mm-hmm. although I bet that would burn up too if you put a lamp under it it does, no. it does. <laughs> tried it? I saw a dorm room one time I saw a, a, a mattress fly out of a window that was on fire um, true story um, so people, for some reason, catch things on. Fire. I think it was a lamp caught it on fire. Um, so, what is the absurdity? The question is: is um, or here he says. No, uh, I don't have the questions here. What is the absurdity that Jesus paints um, doing this, hiding a lamp? Well, why would it be a bad choice? Yeah. It's like putting, a, putting something that is so valuable that you need to be able to see in um, a place that could. I guess, potentially destroy, like, other things. Or, like, okay. hide it. Or yeah. Yeah. You want to say? Out. No. No? I think of it like this. You're removing something from its usefulness. Mm-hmm. Okay? So it has... A, it's a lamp. <clears throat> it's working. But it's not working, working. It's not actually accomplishing what it's designed to do. Like, when I design a lamp, I'm like, I'm going to design this lamp to go under someone's bed. No! You design it to be shining light in the room so that everyone can see. And, and so... To keep going. He says, for nothing is hidden that will not become evident, nor anything secret that will not be made known and come to light. What in the world is Jesus saying with this? He wants us to be the light. Right. What is the thing that was hidden that needs to be made known? God. Yeah. There's nothing hidden that will not be made known. How, how is this both encouraging and, and a warning? The scripture. The scripture of truth is going Right. It doesn't matter. It, so you can't hide the light. Right. Well, it's kind of plain, but. I mean, can you... Okay, hiding the light under the bed. It's going to burn everything down. You'll, you'll, find, you'll realize it's there. You cannot hide that which is... You cannot hide anything. Eventually, it will come to light. And the point here is, 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 is similar to that. Um, so then he says this. Okay. Take care how you listen. So, he's making a point here. Take care how you listen. There's your command. And this is why I call this thing Listen Up. Because he's saying take care, which means pay attention to how you listen. So how do you listen? Not how, like how do you do it, but how, in what way do you listen? Are you a passive listener? Or are you an active listener? Like the difference between watching, okay, so guys, when you're, when you're on a date with your girlfriend and you watch a chick flick, and 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 it's a romance, comic, romantic comedy that you have no interest in watching, right, Joseph? Are we there? He's not going to say a word. No, he's, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't watch those movies. No, it's you watched action movies. Oh, good for you. Okay, so you're a girl and you're watching an action movie for your boyfriend, and you're like, you're like, this is so stupid, <laughs> and you're just, you're just, and, and you're not even paying attention. It's like just lights and images in front of you. It's just stuff happening. And he's like, did you see that? And you're like, I think. What are you talking about? Oh, and he tries to explain to you, oh, sure. And you, you're not laughing at the jokes. You don't get it. It's just not, you're not listening. You're not actively listening. And, and the difference between that and when you actually see what you want to see and you're like glued into every single word, Jesus says take care or pay attention to or be aware of how you listen for whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has shall be taken away from him. This is referencing back to another parable he has, the parable of the talents, or the parable of the responsibilities, God, the, the, the money that the, the, the owner gives to the people and they invested. He's saying that you have not given something very special in God's word. And when you scatter it, that's good. You'll be given more. And and then he says this, his mother and his brothers came to him and they were unable to get to him because the crowd was around him and it was reported to him, hey, Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside wishing to see you, but what does Jesus say? But he answered and said what? Look at this. My mother and my brothers, my family are what? And do it. Those who hear the word of God and do it. Jesus says, The key to being a Christian, I don't know if I have this. Why is it not just enough to hear God's word spoken, you've got to do it. And then I have a few applications here, and I think I wrote these out because I didn't know if I'd get there for you. To be a real disciple of Christ, we must not only hear the word of God, we must prepare our hearts so they are receptive to it, okay? Only by believing God and acting on his truth can we see the benefit. Is this written out on your sheet? Good. Finally, the most important part about being a disciple is that we must not only hear and believe, we must also do. Christ says that those who hear the word of God and do it will be considered the family of God. This doesn't mean that you are saved by hearing and doing God's will. Rather, it means that you will be identified by others as a child of God when you act in accordance with his will. This is how people will know which family you belong to. So here's some quick questions for you to evaluate yourself as we close tonight. Are you willing to put yourself in places where you are exposed and confronted with God's word on a regular basis? Bible studies are good, but what about church? Do you ever talk with friends about God's word? And not just the encouraging parts, but also the parts that are confrontational. Because God's word is both confrontational and encouraging, right? There's great comfort in the Psalms, but there's also very confronting words. Are you willing to do this? (coughs) Do you have a regular personal time that you spend reading God's Word? Do you have a plan for regularly reading and applying God's truth to your life? If you don't, you probably won't find time to do it. It's like working out. Unless you plan to work out, very few people are like, How did I end up in the gym? You know, like, Why am I here? I didn't plan to get to the gym. I have my workout clothes on. What am I doing? I'm lifting weights. This is so weird. Why am I exercising? Nobody does that. Nobody accidentally exercises. Nobody accidentally is like, why am I eating kale? <laughs> you, know, you know, no one does. Wow. Well, actually, when you're eating at your mom's house, it might be the case. But the truth is, is that it's a lot like exercising. It's a lot like these matters that you don't actually, oh, I not why am I reading God's word? It just happened. No, it, plan it. Plan for it. Schedule time. Know when you're going to spend time with God. Plan it. How do you respond to the truth of God's word when it is given to you? Do you actively listen or do you just hear it? This is a really confronting word. This is something that really cuts to me because I think I was in college when I realized um, it dawned on me. I was learning how to preach. I was in grad school probably. No, maybe not grad school yet. I was learning how to preach. And it dawned on me that I had not ever really listened carefully to other preachers. preach. been in church my whole life, heard a lot of sermons, hadn't really, I would allow myself to daydream. Just think about all sorts of things. It's kind of a weird thought when you realize you've wasted a lot of time. Um, What strategy do you have for retaining God's truth? Do you write stuff down? Do you... Think about it again and again and again. Do you talk about it with friends? If you don't have a strategy, it's not going to happen. And I think this is the last one. Are there things in your life, yeah, like sin, that are keeping you from hearing and internalizing truth from God? What is making those rocks in your soil or the thorns? What are the thorns in your life that come up and, and, and steal? the birds of the air that come down and steal the truth of God from your heart instead of allowing it to really take root. Um, I think it's encouraging as you look at the end of this. Jesus says if you hear his words and do it, you'll be considered a family member. You're the people who are really part of the family of Christ. Any questions about this passage? I hope it's a little bit encouraging, but uh, a little bit confronting too. Like take time to study God's word. Take time to put yourself where you hear God's word taught so you can be a part of it. You can, you can learn from it. You can become the kind of Christian that God wants you to be. No? we okay? Yes. Anything I say that was wrong? Need to be corrected on? we good? All right, let's close with prayer and hang out as long as you want. Lord, thank you so much for this passage of Scripture and I pray that we would be faithful to what you've called us to do. Thank you for the time we spent together as a group, and I pray that you would encourage everyone tonight as they go about their studies. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, hike on Saturday. Hope you can make it.